The role of data scientists and how businesses approach data science are changing rapidly. Meanwhile, the gap between data science tutorials and real-life problems is getting bigger and bigger. What this means is that if you only focus on developing technical skills and theoretical knowledge, there's a good chance that your job won't be there a few years from now. In this episode, we talk about how you can make yourself future-proof, and also some other questions that people are too afraid to ask. Now, one more thing before we get into this episode: if you have gone through courses, tutorials, and academic papers, but couldn't apply them in your daily work, you need to learn how to solve data science problems like a detective. This will give you the foundation to build solid technical skills and create value in the real world. We are giving away a few insider's guides on how to develop these data detective skills. We are also sharing new materials and training every week. So visit nds.show today and download them for free. That is nds.show. All right, let's get started. Hi, everybody! Welcome to Naked Data Science.、Uh, my name is Hao, and I am Nima. This is the first episode of our podcast.、Uh, it's something new we try because Nima and I, in the past, has always talked about our experience in leading data science teams and data science projects. Just a little bit background about ourselves, and then、uh, we'll get into this episode. So, Nima, maybe we start with you. All right. Thanks. So, like I said, I'm Nima.、Uh, I have a bit of an academic background in computer science, machine learning, and then afterwards, I've been working as a data scientist for the last、uh, six to seven years. I started as a junior data scientist, and I began leading a small teams, and and then、uh, a slightly bigger team. And I had the chance to work in the industry as a data scientist、uh, for the last six years. About you? <laughs> yes. So I actually come from more mixed backgrounds,、uh, including marketing, including building a analyst team. Also have done innovations in large corporations and product management,、uh, specifically focusing on backend data-driven products. In the past two three years, together we grow a data-intensive business unit in a online travel company. From I think by the time we joined was four people to right、Sorry. now twenty eight. So personally, I learn a lot, right? So I remember the first time I was in a meeting with you guys. I was new to the entire data science topic. I remember the first few meetings. I'm not getting anything out of it, right? <laughs> But then I really appreciate that back then, as the team lead of the team, you start helping me on that. I have to say, it didn't look like <laughs> you didn't get a, a lot out of the meeting. And yeah, I, th- I think it, it was a pleasure to do so, and it opened a lot of doors for me to also to learn from you and to to see how you can actually make data science work in in practice. So we've done probably up to this point more than a hundred different projects. I believe so. Can you just give some examples of some of the stuff we work on that you think can be? Quite interesting from a data science community perspective,、mm-hmm. and also the application in the business. So maybe just to give a broad picture, our, our team's goal is mainly to dig into an information, find out any way that you can create value by processing, by by consuming, and by generating information about the hotels. And 
We've done quite a number of proje projects in this domain, from maybe the better known approaches, for instance, review analysis about, about the hotels to, to decide about the, how good they are with respect to different uh, concepts uh, or different amenities, different characteristics of the hotel, by analyzing natural language text to just purely processing geographic information to know whether or to derive information about the location of the accommodations, processing prices of the hotels, uh, deciding on the the best deals that are in, in the market or that appropriate for the price for the hotel. I would say we are open to do any kind of project and, uh, and use any type of data that can create some value, uh, that, that can solve a problem for, for the users uh, of our website. Now I think you give a really good overview about what as a team we have done. Now I think this is actually quite similar to in a lot of businesses, at least how they got started in data mm -hmm. science, right? So in from the business side, usually there is some understanding and some sense that by taking a more data-driven approach, mm -hmm. by building data science-driven solutions, we can get more value out of the business. So in quite some places, when you are the first data scientist to look into the business there is this almost like a wild west kind of feeling. You go in, you see all the data available, and you try to understand the business problem and then figuring things out, isn't it? Yeah, true. I have to say, we had a big role maybe in shaping how our business unit worked. You know, when, when the company started this thing, the main goal was to be able to do sentiment analysis and review. So it seemed like a very specific shape of the solution was even decided for our team. And of course, a bunch of people who had experience in this area or didn't have general data science experience joined the team and we were supposed to do this. And a decisive point for our team when we moved from that specifically decided shape of a solution to actually leaving it open or maybe focusing more on the product or the output of our work rather than first deciding on how we want to do it. And then this opened up, I think, a lot of possibilities for doing interesting and exciting work and also doing work that was closer to, to making impact rather than focusing only on one approach or only one source of data, which are the reviews and doing uh, sentiment analysis. Yeah. I can remember the the point you mentioned. Mm -hmm. As a team, we decided to go beyond what was originally set as expectation for us and really ask ourselves, where can we create the most business impact? Which team can we work with to really create more value with our data science competency and the data we have? So this actually links to the title of this podcast, Naked Data Science. Mm -hmm. What does naked data science mean? <laughs> Yeah, so for me, the underlying principle is that it's looking at the why of doing data science, yeah? especially from, from a company's perspective, from a business perspective. And typically the, the real reason, the real motivation or, or the right one behind doing that is to change something, to create value, to solve a problem by doing data science. And when you look at all the material, all, all the clout maybe around data science that is out there, it's, there's a big fascination with the techniques. There's a big fascination with the how of doing data science. In that sense, I think there's a lot of focus on a lot of technical aspects of how you can use some tools, how you can make the best conclusions, how, what are the most sophisticated statistical models for doing something. Uh, which is completely justified. But then a, a big lack of focus may be on the why of data science and on the impact of uh, doing data science. So for me, and I think for, for you as well, 
the name Naked Data Science is trying to not ignore, but see beyond just the technical difficulties or complexities, or also beauties of doing data science, and think about the problem that you're solving with data science. And maybe the, the, the term Naked Data Science is especially appropriate because it also reminds me of uh, a lot of things that people are afraid to ask. It seems like everybody's comfortable to talk about very complex methodologies, algorithms, statistics, but not a lot of people are comfortable to ask uh, or even discuss about the very basics of data science. Like, for instance, what question did they start with? Or do they know how to infer a statistics from an experiment they do? Or who are to set up experiment in the best way that that can answer their questions? Or maybe one of the more, more most basic ones is how are they going to measure something. So for instance, I've seen a lot of projects starting with very, very big motivations, a lot of enthusiasm, but not with a clear idea of how evaluation will be done uh, on those projects. And typically, in a lot of projects that we've been involved, we found out that evaluation is one of the most uh, tricky parts. So in that sense, in, I think Naked Data Science is trying to forget about a lot of the beauties, complexities that, that are in, in the methods that people use in data science, but look at what is happening by using data science and how you can go about solving problems more effectively uh, using data science. I really like the point you mentioned there, right? If I look at when I first started working on very data-intensive problem-solving, mm. Um, two, three years ago. Back then, when I look around, there's very little information about how I can understand this and what's the best approach towards mm. that on the business side. And a lot of the success cases we have seen actually come from like big companies like Netflix, mm -hmm. like Google, Facebook, right, who naturally has more data to play with and also tend to have different type of problem than uh, many other businesses. Till recently, things start changing and sometimes too drastically to the other side. <laughs> so I've been in some recent conversations where I hear from business side where we try to deliver value or solve problem using data-driven approach. We use more sophisticated algorithms or solutions than we probably should have. Then I start seeing some impatience from the business side to go from that to say anything complicated, anything really data science, it's not worth doing. Let's go back to the heuristics. Let's go back to the simple things. Mm -hmm. I think in this change, I think what people a lot of time missed is not about how complex or how quick or how, how slow a solution typically is, but then rather taking a more scientific approach to say, we have this problem to solve. We think it's worth solving using data intensive techniques for these reasons how we know when we solve this problem mm -hmm. and then from that point try to find the most fitting approach or technique. I had the same experience. Uh, it seems to be in the beginning or the, for, for a long period in many companies a big fascination with data science, mm -hmm. maybe a bit even, not, not, not maybe, most of the times unrealistic expectations from it with the impression that this is impossible to understand. So we have to find geniuses who, who can understand it and do these things. And when can we have our own deep network? And yeah, this is, this is always the beginning. And there's some patience of, okay, let these geniuses do what they do. But at some point, something has to come out of it. 
and a lot of the times this distance itself is very destructive. So treating your data scientists as people who they, they can never understand and they have to do their magic. I really, I really don't like the word magic when, when people talk about it. <laughs> we heard that a lot though. Yeah, we heard that a lot that these people do their magic and, and then things will come out. And there's some sort of, I think, I don't want to say pretentious, but not very sincere respect for, for this ability to do magic. I think it's more a bit of a suspicion towards uh, these people. But, but of course, you can't get into an argument with them because they know stuff that you don't know and they're going to make you feel bad. So this, I think this causes a bit of a gap uh, around data scientists. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm painting a picture which is maybe could be better in a lot of organizations, but this is also, I've seen it commonly happening in, in different places. And for a while, there's this gap, data scientists do their work, and then suddenly, after a while, people expect output. Then that time comes, people have finally, at some point, you have to sit with your data scientists, take their results, try to use their results, see what kind of impact are they making with your results, how much did your investment in this data science department pay off or not. And I think that's the point where somehow the glass breaks down. And, uh, you, you finally sit at the table with the data scientist and you hear that he says, oh yeah, there are actually a lot of complexities. People look at the predictive model and, oh yeah, you know, this image that you classified is obviously a dog and, and you classified it as a table. How stupid are your models? And then, then there's, the gap becomes even bigger. Now it might even turn into distrust. And this is from a point of view of the maybe business side of things. And from a data scientist side, it's also somehow a very far word uh, from the business world. You're, you're used to very isolated, cleanly defined problems and tutorials that you can download and replicate or maybe spend hours understanding a research paper. But then still nobody tells you how is it going to create value in the, in the real world if you're working in a, in a business, how are you going to connect your output of your work to the KPIs that the business cares about? How are you going to really solve problems in the world where, for instance, you might not have ground truth uh, to evaluate your work or you might not have clearly defined goals or your task is not is never an isolated task. Your data is never free of noise. It's like you, you, can, you, can, you can get really unexpected things uh, in your data. And how can you build solutions that are robust against this? And mm -hmm. In the meantime, you still have fun, you, you still uh, uh, enjoy the work that you're doing, you, you feel accomplished, and also you feel appreciated by the business that's hired you and paying you to solve their problems. So I think that's that's a very common uh, pattern that I see. And, and in a way, naked data science is, I think, directly addressing this situation by focusing not on the necessarily the, what, what is typically known as cool data science, but by focusing on the, the whole picture uh, of the problem that's being solved, the value that's being created. Yeah, so when we talk about what we learn and our experiences and what we saw working for us and we talk to other teams that also work on data-intensive problems, what we notice is that there isn't much materials out there mm -hmm that talk about this, right? So this is the reason why we say, okay, maybe if we wait a little bit, maybe something will come out and then finally we say, you know what, let's just try this. So probably this is not the most mainstream way of mm -hmm. thinking about data science and looking about data science. Yeah. But then what we really believe through our own experience is that data science and data scientists can add a lot of value to businesses, yeah. can help business solve a lot of business problems. However, in order to do that most effectively, it seems to be the best that we focus beyond the fluffy stuff, mm -hmm. but then get to the core of it, which is data-driven 
scientific problem solving, exactly. like you mentioned. Yeah. And we also talk about, okay, how do we teach this to, for example, new data scientists yeah. in our team? And what would be a way that we can share what we learned? And that is one of the things that we plan to share in the upcoming episodes in the Naked Data Science podcast. We will talk about mental models. We will talk about specific examples mm -hmm. of cases that we yeah. have done before, but also bring in guests that work in the world of data science yeah. one way or another and share their experiences and how they see pragmatic problem solving using data-driven methods. Maybe it's good to make it clear from the first episode. Like, this is the definition or the picture of the data scientist that we find useful and that, that, that we advocate. And of course, maybe not everybody likes this, but this is what we, we found to be very effective. And this is, to be honest, an image of a data scientist that I enjoy practicing and I enjoy, uh, I enjoy seeing people practice. And hopefully in the, in the next episodes, we, we can touch upon them as specific mental models that, that we have or specific tools that, that, that we found useful. For me, interestingly, these are mostly the things that, like you said, there's nothing about it that, that is not really touched upon. And a lot of them seem trivial or, or maybe are in, the, are in the range of, it's, it's, uh, I'm too afraid to ask. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So the picture that you painted always starts and always has as one of the most important part. What is the big question? What are the big questions? What are the most important questions? And there's no book about it. And uh, the, if, if you look at all, all the materials that data scientists are learning online, it's about the how of answering questions. So how to use this tool to answer your question, how to use the other tool, and how to use it effectively or efficiently to, or maybe how sometimes, I think majority of the material are about there is an existing question and now there's a better way to answer it. There's a new tool, there's a more sophisticated tool that does it 2% better. But then this image kind of ignores the first step of, or the basis of everything that data science do, and that's identifying the most important question. And I think in that way, we are really following the picture of this scientist guy, because scientists' main job, or most important job, is probably asking the right questions, and of course being scientific and, and, and being intelligent about ways to answer that question and driving conclusions from that. In the same way, I think one of the things that maybe nobody teaches you a lot or nobody is focused a lot on is how do you measure things, which is again something the scientists are known for and their work should be concrete, it should be based on measurements. These are going to be the main messages or the, or the main tools that we focus on, things that might look as if they are around data science, where, while in this picture for us it's, it's really just as data science as it is about designing the structure of your, your, your deep network. I think we cover a lot already. Yeah. So what would be one practical takeaway based on everything we discussed that our audience can do or can apply to their daily work tomorrow? I think may, sometimes what I found, one of the most practical takeaways is asking yourself two simple questions. Whenever you're starting your day as a data scientist tomorrow, you're probably in the middle of something. Ask yourself two things. One is, why am I doing this? And you, you might be a lot surprised sometimes that you might have forgotten why you're doing this or just you might have, you might be surprised of how deep in, in, in a search tree of finding a solution to something you're on and how much time you're spending on, on one of the branches that you are. And the second very good question, I think, for me is how am I going to know if what I'm doing is good? So basically, how are you going to measure the, the quality of your work and, and its relation to the impact that, that, that you want to generate? 
I think those are very tangible and uh, practical tips. <laughs> Thank you very much, Nima. Thank you too. Just one last thing before you go. If you are not a data scientist yet, but want to become one, you should really attend our webinar. We will demystify the transition into data science. We'll show you the most effective way to build your skills and we'll advise you on the four possible options you can take to go from where you are to landing a data science job in as little as nine months. Find out more at nds.show forward slash webinar. That is nds.show forward slash webinar. All right, that's the end of this episode. Have a nice day. <laughs>